Good morning, everybody. The date is January 22nd, and we are here today recording the third episode of a new era podcast. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, had a great time watching some of those divisional games because, man, we had some we had some great games this weekend as opposed to the great. wild card ones we had. Oh, yeah, some great ones. Uh, Dad, you want to say hi this morning to the uh, to the listeners? Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Uh, how you doing? Can't believe this is actually episode three. We want to definitely thank everyone who has downloaded and listened to episodes one and two. Thank you. I hope you're enjoying it and continuing to uh, listen to our old man, young man takes. You said it great. You said it correctly. Um, yeah, we, we love the support and all through the first week. Um, we were happy to get two episodes out there. Now we're getting into our normal posting schedule or, or normal episode schedule, as I should say. Uh, recording these Monday morning and then getting these up uh, during the day Monday. So um, probably be looking at two episodes this week. Uh, but now we're going to start to get into our normal thing. So this will this will be fun. Um, today. Today we've got some different topics and stuff. I know we jumped on the seven-round mock draft we did for episode two. Um, we, we've been uh, over overdoing the Patriots talk, I'd say, throughout the first two episodes here. So we're gonna we're gonna switch over. We're gonna be talking about more of the Celtics and the Bruins today, um, and then afterwards we we've probably got what's going to be our bigger segment uh, and should and should take us over to the conclusion uh talking about both of our top 10 boston athletes but with a twist it's only of our time so you know i i was born in 99 uh, i've seen a lot of success and a lot of successful athletes but uh i can only i can only include those guys that i've seen uh no larry birds no bill russells no freaking I, I don't care whoever else but my dad may know um, some of the older guys that uh, I want to see where they place in this top 10. See if any of the newer guys that I know are in there too. Um, but before we get into all of that stuff, we're going to have a divisional weekend recap and some of our picks. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure what our picks were last episode. I was trying to grab those earlier, but I think we might know a little bit off the top of our head. Uh, Dad, before we get into our picks, uh, from last week and the ones for this upcoming week, what do you have to say about this weekend of great football and, and the poor Buffalo Bills again? Uh, well, <clears throat> uh, obviously, don't know because we haven't touched on this, but I was born in Buffalo, and it was really kind of funny. I had some time and started watching the 30 for 30, the fall of the Bills once again, uh, a little of that. I recall that time frame, um, especially since I still had a lot of family members still left in Buffalo at the time. And my God, watching that game last night, final, I mean, I knew it was going to come down to the end. I mentioned that in the podcast. I thought it was going into overtime, and it almost did. If we didn't get another wide right field goal attempt, I mean that was an incredible, incredible game. I, I I just felt I felt sick for the Bills. I mean they were so close once again. 
Yeah. I mean, that one, <laughs> it's just the Bills keep finding new ways to lose these games to the Chiefs in the playoffs. And, yeah, you put it perfectly. Sick. I was sitting there, and, you know, you watch them line up for that kick. It was like 154 left in the fourth. You're at home. And you're looking at this, and you're like, no way he beefs this, right? No way he beefs it. And he's going with the wind behind him. Yeah, and then he goes and just absolutely nails it too far right. And I was sitting there, and I was like, oh, my fucking God. These poor Buffalo Bill fans. I That was... I was like speechless. I, I wasn't even a fan, but I was like speechless for like five minutes. I was like, these, I, I can't, you can't make this shit up. You really can't. They, they, they pan to one guy in the stand, just absolutely just bawling. Just bawling. Right? bawling. Yeah. Bawling. He pulled his hat, uh, little hat over his eye. Just, yeah. Oh my God. Man, I mean, it, for, it sucks. For a team that didn't look like they were going to make it. Had all of the the hype, yes. Uh, Final Four team potential, uh, uh, Super Bowl um, team to to be, at least get into it, and then turn around, have a great run, beat the Dolphins, get the number two seed, and have to lose just like that. It's, and they, I mean, they pulled their hearts out. Absolutely, they did. They did. Josh Allen played amazing and everything. Like, it wasn't, it literally wasn't a bad game by him. Like, they they should have won that game. And in a year where this is the first year in, what, six or seven years that we've seen Patrick Mahomes, that the Chiefs look this susceptible to losing, and you still, you still lose to him. I mean, yeah, dude, it just, I, I mean, you know, hand up. I wanted him to lose because I want... I hate seeing the Chiefs. I hate seeing them continue to go. I know how people feel about, you know, the Patriots when we were good. I get it now. I hate seeing the Chiefs. I hate seeing the Mahomes getting there. Um, God forbid they get to the Super Bowl. I do not want our, you know, most recent of going back to back titles to be in jeopardy there. Um, but, oh, Buffalo, man, just... Poor Buffalo. I know there's Buffalo fans waking up this morning, and they just they, these guys aren't going to be able to get over that their season's done until they see the ball snap next Sunday for the AFC Championship. Um, man, I mean, just what a game. That's that's a great. Th- there's always instant classics when those two play in the playoffs, and once again, we got another one. But um, for reasons that Buffalo won't want to cover again. But okay, so. We've talked about that game. Uh, the other ones we'll go through shortly, uh, I'm sure, as you know. But we've got yesterday's early game, the Lions and the Buccaneers. Lions ended up winning that one 31-23. Um, oh, I don't think I jumped on the picks for that one. I think, what, you were on Bill spread. I was on Chiefs spread yeah. because I said and about I a field goal one. for the push. Yeah, and I Three. had the over. Yeah, I think we were both. What was the over? 45 and a half percent. I think we were both on the over. And that hit. All right. So good stuff. Lions, Bucks. Um, I was on 
Bucks plus six and a half. That missed. You took. I took you Bucks. Take, you took Bucks too, and then yeah. I think we both took the over there too, which hit. So you know, turn it around a little bit. Um, go lines. That's all I got to say about that game. Really, I mean, it was a good game. Um, close. The final score is closer than you know. I feel like the game actually was. Uh, but you got that. Yeah, you, you literally the same ending as like the NFC game on Saturday night with Jordan Love throwing like a cross cross body interception, you know, right to a linebacker on the first play of the drive down like twenty on the twenty or something like that. Um, but yeah, that was a good game. Um, Packers Forty Niners, we got Forty Niners twenty four, Packers twenty one. We should have known this was coming. I'm pretty sure we both took the Niners spread, and we were like trying to yeah. talk ourselves out of it. And we should have just should have known those too many points. Um, you took over. I do remember that. I took the under. Um, I the under. I uh, I hit that one, and at fifty and a half. God, that was a high one. Uh, but that was yeah. a good game. And then. We've I think got. What, I was going to say, I think what you have to look, I mean, going into next year, I mean, that Packers team, watch out. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, you know, nobody expected him out of the, this year, really. It was a rebuilding year. But now you get to go through the offseason, bolster up some positions. You've got a pretty decent young wide receiver core there. And. You know, in Christian Watson, Dontavian Wicks, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs. That's four guys. Four guys that are all, like, under the age of, like, 24, 25, something like that. And, yeah, youngest you know, receiving. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're all good. You know, they're all reliable guys. Um, You got Aaron Jones, which, you know, every year I feel like Aaron Jones is going to slow down, and he just doesn't continue to do it. The offensive line was actually very good this year. Um. And yeah, and I for, think that was a question mark going in besides yeah. the receiver. Yep. And, and for, you know, as bad as the defense played at some points, um, you know, I, I feel like going into this playoffs, I was hearing people talk about, you know, in, in other podcasts and stuff like that, when they were when they were prepping us on the Packers, it was you know, the team is the team is decent. Uh the offense can be good and get to click, but uh, this team's only going to go as far as the defense allows it. And um, I don't even think necessarily it's their fault. They lost on on Saturday. You know, defense played their hearts out. They got to get some more pieces there, and they'll get better. Um, but that's just – it's just a tough break. It might just be another one of those things like with the Bills. They just keep losing to the Chiefs with the Packers. Even if Aaron Rodgers is gone, they're just going to keep losing to the 49ers in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but absolutely, uh, I think it was going into next year, absolutely scary team. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, and then the last game here of the divisional, which was technically the first game, but you know what I mean. We got Ravens 34, Texans 10. Uh, hand up, I got shit on on this one. I took Texans plus nine and a half. I think you took Ravens yes, minus nine did. and a half. Thought this was going to be closer. I even had Texans plus 14 and a half. I had a Texans plus 14 and a half. Packers plus 14 and a half parlay. That Texans ended up fucking blowing there. But 
uh yeah you should have seen uh me at the sports bar like in the last like six minutes because the texans got the ball and i'm sitting there and i was like please need a backdoor cover and then they get rid of the ball <laughs> the the ravens got it back or something and i think they like three and out it and i was just like oh my god we got another chance at a backdoor cover and it just it wasn't happening but i mean it was all around it was a fun game first half was interesting uh after that punt return touchdown i was sitting there and i was like mm, these texans this might be that might be the play where like the ravens look back and they're like these guys are kind of hanging around a little fucking longer than they should <laughs> yeah up lamar ended up doing what he does yeah i saw a, um i saw a little interview of him yeah that defense those linebacker I mean, yeah everyone was i mean flying. They were they were crazy good. I mean, the only touchdown the Texans had was a special team touchdown. Uh, defense was absolutely insane. Um, Clowney, you know. Oh my god, that kid looks huge. Who? Yeah, I know he's Jadavian Clowney. Oh yeah, yeah. I know he's six 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 seven as is, but watching him off the ball and coming, I mean. He looks enormous on on TV. Yeah, he's a pretty big guy. I was trying to pull up here. Where is he? Six five two sixty six. As is Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He's a big guy. Um, but yeah, uh, people were asking Lamar. It was like, uh, because it was ten ten at half. You know, they tied it up and everything. Somebody goes, uh, Lamar, who? who was talking the most at halftime like you know who went in there and made the adjustments he goes me i went in there and he goes something about uh he was like a lot of curse words a lot of curse words that i can't say here uh but we got it straight and went out there did our job the second half shit and you know they put up 21 unanswered points and, and rattled off that win i think so um you know good game uh ravens look like the powerhouse that they are 49ers don't look like you know as much of a powerhouse at the one seed, but we'll see because now we can talk about our conference championships. We're finally on the way to conference championship Sunday. You gotta love it. Um, give me your thoughts here. Let's start. Let's start first with the Chiefs and Ravens. We've got Chiefs. Going into Baltimore, this is the, I think this is, yeah, this is the three o'clock game. Uh, as of right now, we've got a line set at Baltimore minus three and a half over under 44 and a half. Uh, what you thinking here? Um, this is going to be a really, I think a really tight game. Um, as long as, again, the Chiefs secondary can get a little bit healthy. Um, they're going to need, hopefully, Willie Gray, because he's going to need to be that spy against Lamar. Hopefully, he gets healthy again. Um, the Chiefs' offense running the ball, yes, will be harder, most likely against the um, the Ravens, but still, Pacheco was running hard. He always does. Um, yeah, but he, yeah, some of those runs, though, I mean, he always does, but he, I think he upped it yesterday's yeah. game. Um, I know you started off and saying you don't want to see it, 
but I'm going to go Kansas City. I had a feeling you'd do that. Yeah. And, and you know, I, yeah, I don't want to see it. I was talking about this with my buddies last night and uh, after, right after the Chiefs won. I was like, damn it, you know, we need the Ravens now. You know, please, Ravens, get in the way of us getting another Chiefs Super Bowl. And, like, I, I want to pick the Ravens here to be different. I really do. Yeah. I really want him to win. But it's he's getting hot, man. It's fucking Patrick Mahomes now. He's doing he's doing the thing he does every year. You know, everybody was counting out this team. And, you know, he's just he's a winner, dude. And when you got some of these guys that are just winners and can go out there and freaking change games, it's gonna be tight. It's gonna be close. Um you know, he's, I will be he's different. Confidence in those wide receivers right now. MVS had a decent yeah. game. I, I know, will be that, different. This is what they do. They, the wide receivers show up when needed. Right? It's like the Kansas City Chiefs are almost like an NBA team. Let's wait until after the All Star game, and now it's time to play. Yeah. I don't know. Like <clears throat> they're just yeah, they're just clicking right now. And I mean, I'm, the biggest thing there you got Travis Kelsey had a game, I'm pretty sure. I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I mean, he's been looking like shit ever since uh you know, he started getting getting a little too close with Taylor there. Um yeah. and, and he finally like broke out of that, you know, and he had I mean, I think it was in like the second quarter. Freaking Mahomes threw an absolute dot to him. It was like down the right sideline, and he was just going for a little. And I was just like, "Damn, yep, they're back!" Like all the weird shit that we've been talking about them for a couple weeks now. Like they are, they're back. Um, I'm still gonna take the Ravens though. I'll take the Ravens three and a half. I might go. I'm gonna go the same thing that I did last week, where I'm gonna take the Chiefs plus three and a half because I'm taking I just want to take the points but I'm taking the Ravens to win I'm probably going to come around and end up absolutely like hating this pick uh but please please Lamarvelous Jackson keep Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs out of the Super Bowl again this year and what about the over under I mean you said that was at 44 oh yeah uh, I think it was 40 yeah 44 and a half uh you know what? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say under slightly, and I think because I think that's the only way the Ravens do win this game. Obviously, they are they're great offensively, but the Chiefs' defense and their secondary, at least, like hasn't been too bad this year. I think the the differentiating factor in this game is going to be the Ravens' defense, and hopefully, we get the Ravens' defense that we got all throughout the second half this week. If we get that defense for four quarters, I don't think. If we get that defense for four quarters, I I might switch my pick and go take the points with Baltimore because they could win by a touchdown there. Uh, but we don't know because, you know, it took 30 minutes for that defensive team to get out there on the field into Baltimore this week. Could have been because they got a bye, you know, and, and they were waking yeah. up a little bit so they could be a little better next week. We don't know. Um, but that that's going to be the real key to this game. 
Yeah, I'm going to go the under as well. I think it's 24-20. Yep. Yeah, that's that's the hook that I was thinking at, too. You got a good hook there in 24-20 to get the under. So, Okay. Um, and now we'll move over to the NFC. We've got the 12-5 and Detroit Lions against the 12-5 and San Francisco 49ers. One seed versus the three seed. Detroit going into San Francisco uh, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, that is, obviously. Um, we've got San Francisco minus 6.5 over under 50.5. This this is weird, man. After the way that these two teams looked, uh, granted, we've got two games out of Detroit and one almost-blown game out of San Fran. This line should not be six and a half. This no, is weird. No. So this is telling me something, and this is telling me to take the damn lines and take the six and a half. I, I agree. I, when you say that, I, mean, I still think San Francisco will win, but mm-hmm. yes, I think Detroit will cover. And at 50 and a half, you said, I mean, over mm-hmm. under, I would go under Detroit to cover, but San Francisco to win. Yep. I'm on all three of those two. I like plus six and a half. Keep it close. Uh, I like San Francisco to actually win. But who knows, man? They, the Lions. You know, get a couple plays going your way defensively. The turnover here or there. You know, this game could be like a one possession, like one play away sort of game that differentiates. So we'll see. But I like the under there too. I might go twenty four twenty again. Jared Goff's been playing great, but I'll I'll say, you know, four four and a half, maybe three minutes left in the fourth tight game. And an interception to Fred Warner. Yeah, that could happen. We know that Jared Goff doesn't play his best on the road, but maybe this is this is his week, man. Maybe he he wants to go out there. You know, I saw this stat. He is one of five quarterbacks ever in the last like I think it's like last hundred years that has taken two separate franchises to championship games with the Rams and the Lions, and that stat even gets more impressive if he's one of only two teams, or one of any, it might be like three quarterbacks. Uh, Brady, Manning, Goff could potentially take two two franchises to the Super Bowl. Um, I'm sure I'm missing one, but those are just the ones I can think off the top of my head, so... Legacy game for Jared Goff. We'll see. I hope he balls out. I hope. I mean, I'm really. I'm fine with either one of these teams winning. Um, I think Niners Ravens Super Bowl would be the most fun. The most fun media hype and all that stuff that we could get. We could talk about that for ages over the next two weeks. Yeah. But I'm I'm fine with the I had Lions taking the two. Yeah, and listen though. I think um, earlier this week, another podcast that they were saying that the NFL dream scenario would be Detroit and Kansas City. That would be weird. That would be something, though, wouldn't it? You think about it, we were hyping up Detroit, Kansas City as the first game in, in week one. That was the Thursday night game. Um, Kansas City goes out there, or Detroit goes into Kansas City, beats them, 
shows everybody, yo, Detroit is for real. Kansas City can lose games this year. And then a couple months later, you come down to it, you get two weeks of media hype, the same game that started out the year. But this time, these teams are in two completely different spots, lines of, you know, got it all running. Uh, Chiefs, you know, while they've had their moments, they definitely got hot at the right time. That would be something. I mean, we've got a good Final Four. I will say that. Whoever wins on either side is going to make for a good Super Bowl. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, But, you know, ABC, anybody but the Chiefs. Um. <laughs> All right, so moving on from that, moving on from football, uh, we'll talk about other winter sports here. Um, I know I said pre-show Celtics Bruins. Do you want to do Bruins first here? You want to handle this? Yeah. Um, we'll go look at the Bruins. I think you had wanted to look at some ratings, or, or you said mid-season awards. Yeah. Um, Art, the Vesna, Calder, Cena, and the James. Yeah. So you got the Hart. Um, I mean, obviously these are those are the names of the trophies and all and the awards for the actual like league uh, MVPs and stuff like that. But we're giving these. Uh, we're doing midseason award just for the Bruins themselves. Um, you know, I'm gonna let you kind of roll with this one. I've got my answers. Uh, but I think you're probably the the one a little more well versed with the Bruins right now. So we've got the MVP of our team throughout the first half of the year. We got the best goalie. Obviously, we've got two very good ones. Um, but it was, if you had to pick between one, we got our own Calder, so our own uh, best rookie award, and then our own James Norris award, the best defenseman so far for the team. Uh, starting out with the heart, the MVP. Of the Bruins so far throughout the first, what is it, 45, 46 games or something. Uh, who are you going there? David Pasternak. Yeah. I mean, they, he is, again, on a incredible run. Um, this year, not just scoring goals, but his assists are up. Total points at 66 plus 11 right now. Um, not taking as many penalty minutes. I mean, he's only sitting here at 35, but absolutely a stud uh, on the offensive. And, you know, the cool thing was that I think I mentioned, I don't know if it was podcast one, I think we touched on the Bruins, and I was talking about the lines, and Brad Marchand wasn't on his line. It was Charlie Coyle and him yeah. with the bras. And he was putting up those points. And now with Marshan back with him, it's even more incredible. Um, absolutely, I think he's MVP. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that one's that hard. I, uh, uh, he was the answer I had put down as well. You know, if he wanted a little bit of like a wild card, he could have went swimming, but I don't think we need to. Yeah. I was thinking Swayman, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just been so incredible. Um, uh, him and Olmark are just great goalies, and we saw this last year. Uh, but just the steps that he has taken, I mean, I think you could throw him in the in the running for it. But when you got... Uh, more of a wild card you could throw in Charlie Coyle. Yeah, I mean, Charlie Coyle. Who um, knew that was going to happen? I, I, maybe, 
I mean, MVP might be a little bit of a stretch for him, but I think if you got to think about like one one of the most underrated players for the Bruins this year and one that you didn't expect, I think that's that's got to be Coyle. Um, and he's been terrific. I mean, same thing with like Zaka, dude. I mean, this this team has been good. There's been a lot of surprising guys. Um, but yeah, I think you nailed it with Pasta when you got like a, a generational talent like him there. Uh, we we knew that was coming. So uh, I know we had mentioned Swayman, but this probably segues you into your next point, which I assumed was going to be him anyways. But do you have him or Allmark as the best goalie for us through the first yeah, half? Yeah, I of the think year? Swayman definitely. I mean, Allmark last year I think was a one uh, A. Mm-hmm. He actually won. Swayman. I'm pretty sure Allmark actually won the Vecino last year. Yeah. Um. And nothing against him, but I think this is definitely Swayman's team. Um, I like his feistiness a whole lot more than Omark. I mean, that kid is just... I, mean, you, I, I love watching some of the saves and just him smiling to the refs at some point. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kid is having fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Fantastic year. 2.37 goal against average, 9.23 save percentage, uh, 14 and 3. Um, lights out. Definitely. Yeah. He's no, he's been. This, he's taken the number one goalie. Yeah. Um, he's been terrific. Yeah. And. And it'll be interesting. I mean, our, our loss in the playoffs last year, we didn't go use both goalies um i think yeah well we did but we didn't do it late enough or we didn't do it early enough i think like we were just running omark into the ground early on and then he started slipping you know game four was like okay whatever game five he was really starting to slip and then you're like okay well we've got two more games but you're sitting there and you're trying to look at this and you're like you know, we've got Swayman sitting right there, and he could be the difference. And I think, I don't even think we put Swayman in, like, game seven. I, he might have started it, but I think it was, like, game six or something like that. And yeah, you got Olmark, and then you're you're pulling Swayman or something like that, like, halfway through the game. I'm like, stick with the guy. We've got both of them. They're great. Um, I, I, I really hope that uh, we manage those goalies a little better in the playoffs this year. But, I mean, you know, we can rely on both of them. But, um, you know, shout out to Swayman. Incredible year so far. Uh, and, God, tell me it just doesn't look so cool seeing that number one on a goalie. That jersey's so sick. I can't wait to grab one of those eventually. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just relate to watching, you know, other sports, um, even some of the coaching I've done in my life in soccer, and just seeing how certain teams play different with a goalie behind them. Yep. Again, both are fantastic. Great seasons again. Um, but the, I think the team just plays a little differently with him behind the pipes. Just a little bit. Yeah, makes sense. No, I like it. I like it. Um, okay, shout out to our goalies. Keep it, keep it doing. Keep it pushing. Uh, so now we've got uh, your, your Calder winner so far the best rookie on our team who do you got um we have to go with that kid 
center um, who will be coming back in the next couple of days uh, back on the roster, Matthew Poitras. Patra. 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 I know. I used to say Poitras still. Uh, I realized that when I was prepping his name for the last, for episode two, I think it was. I went and looked it up and I was like, all right, Matthew Poitra. You check the pronunciation online. It's just like pot, right? Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, okay, well, fuck it. That's a, that's one of the weird ones. Yeah, no, he's been great. Um, I well, he was great, especially to start the year. I mean, didn't he have that like, not the hat trick, but he there was like within the first week. What was this? We've got uh, in the first game against Chicago, he had the assist. Everybody was like, oh my god. He's him. There we go. Uh, then he's got that game against the Ducks. He had the two goals. Uh, he came back with another goal against Chicago. Granted, this is just all within the first three days. He got an assist against the Ducks two days after that. And then we went a little cold for a bit. Um, I mean, but obviously, you know, he's not, he wasn't going to keep up that same pace, but he, he was still a great player. Uh, you know, you keep in mind, Kid, oh my god, that's so weird to see. He's fucking nineteen, man. Guy was yeah. This guy was born two thousand four, uh, and I mean he's still putting up second round pick. Yeah, second round pick fifty four. You know, at the start of the year he was putting up. What was this around fourteen to sixteen minutes time on the ice? Um, He was getting a little more at the end of November, and then his. His ice time has slowly started to deteriorate a little bit, but you know I think he'll get back into the swing of things. Um, starting to get some more shots up on the board. I think that's what I want to see the most out of him when he's on the ice is is just a little more aggressiveness. But uh, I think he runs away with our best our best rookie so far this year. Um, all right. Anything else that you have on Potter? You want to move over to? Our best defenseman. This is this will be an interesting one. Really? Yeah, I think so because because we've got, I mean, we've got a very great defensive line, and that's part of the reason oh, why yeah. our team um, is so good. You know, with Swayman and everything, line that he's got ahead of him. Uh, but it to me, it really does come down to two. While I think the, you know, the band, not the bandwagon, but the the popular pick here is Charlie McAvoy, and we love Charlie. Um, but I, I don't think you can, you know, really overlook what Hampus Lindholm is doing so far for us this year, too. Yeah, I mean, he can carry the puck. He's got 15 assists right now, um, plus 10. Um, but I think Charlie's. Got six goals uh, on the number one PK unit, um, and also the, the number penalty. one most penalized. Yeah, I just keep still, that in mind there, but but still, I you know, it was I was almost surprised that he didn't wear the C. I know he's still young, but he will be eventually the team's captain. Yeah, um, no, I get that. I like that. A lot, but I think at that point you you got to give it to Marshawn, right? You know, like I feel like if Marshawn wasn't there in any other team scenario, 
yeah, maybe you're getting Charlie. But I think with Brad sitting there, I think it was just you knew that was coming. Well, yeah, but yet I think within the next three years, four years, Charlie yeah, will be How old is Brad? He's pretty. He's up there. Yeah, thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah, we won't have many, many more years of him. But um, yeah. So you got Charlie. You're giving it to Charlie, though. I got Charlie. Absolutely. All right. Um, Absolutely. I get that. I mean, I was gonna say even. I mean, Brandon Carlo, and how he plays. You know, definitely. Yeah, Lindholm been great as well, and and just the way that he can carry the puck out of the defensive zone and quickly into the offensive zone. But Carlo's a great, I mean, 3, 8, 11 points, plus 18 right now. Um, uh, yeah, that's I leading the team. Going, that's incredible. Yeah. But I'm going, um, I'm going Charlie. Gotcha. Look at, uh, look at this. I know you're probably looking at the ESPN ones here too. I, I don't know if you see this, but this is just absolutely an insane differential. You got David Pasternak, 231 shots. Next leading on the team is Brad Marchand at 123. And we really running everything through him. But, um, yeah. you know, it works. So we'll run along with it. All right, well, that'll, that'll conclude our midseason awards for the Bruins there. That's fun. That's fun. I, I hope, uh, hopefully, at the end of the year, <clears throat> we can come back on this in, in a different podcast episode and kind of go back to these uh, picks and see if at the end of the year everything holds steady. You know, if it's still uh, Pasta Swam and Patra McAvoy, or if who knows, maybe Lindholm scoots his way in there as bet defenseman at the end of the year. So, um, all right, so then we get the Celtics, who have also just passed their halfway point. I think we mentioned that while we recorded episode two on Wednesday. Um, these ones, I've got a couple different ones for you so far, or a couple different awards. So I'll, I'll list these really quick. We've got um, our midseason MVP, midseason most improved player, our midseason sixth man of the year, our midseason defensive player of the year, and our midseason newcomer of the year. Um, I I don't even think I need to really give too much of a an entrance to this one. MVP, you know who it is. You're gonna say Jason. Of course, of course it's Jason. Um, but like I said about a wild card with Swayman, and this is gonna lead into my next point. I don't think if we're talking about like not statistics, if we're talking about straight up the most valuable player on the on the court, how the team plays with him, how he fits into the five, how the ball moves around with him. You know, he's actually leading our team in a sit right now. It's Mr. Derek White, the bald mamba. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. he's been absolutely incredible this year. He's going to he should be an all-star and he damn well deserves it. Um to be able to come in and fill Marcus Smart's shoes like that, where we didn't think he could really come in here and play, uh, you know, that sort of role in the backcourt. It's it's very impressive. 
averaging 16.2 points, 4.1 rebounds, 4.9 assists, a steal and a block per game, um, an assist-to-turnover ratio at 2.9. He's leading the starters there, the best assist-to-turnover ratio. So um, I love Derek White. I really do. Is he more valuable to the team than Tatum? Probably not. But I'm not going to bat an eye if you were to say yes this year in the role he's playing, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously offensively, Jason Jason by far 26.7 points per game. Um, you need him to score. But actually not all the time. I mean, last couple games we've seen somebody else uh, take over and, and, and – uh, be able to be the leader in points. You really don't need him the way the team is constructed um, to to have to be the leader in, in the scoring. But everything else, I think he does. But, yeah, I mean, Derek, very, very close um, to being that MVP because of everything he does and how he's done a lot better with the three points and – the amount of blocks. Oh my I mean, god! Six. Yeah. Yeah, and you talked about the three point. That's a that's a great spot. Um, I'm I'm looking at this now, uh, and I was looking at this yesterday when I was like prepping for this. I didn't even realize, you know, him the backcourt mates of him and Drew Holiday. Derek shooting forty one point one percent from three, and Holiday at forty one point eight. That's crazy. That's re- anything above forty percent from three. Is insane. And when Derek first got here from Dallas, right? We got that San Antonio. Oh, San Antonio, sorry. But, I mean, he was trying to take some threes, and I think every time he was behind the arc and ready to launch one, I was like, oh! Yeah, you know, he wasn't necessarily a bad shooter. Um, He was kind of one of those, like, 3 and D guys when we got him. Uh, but I mean, if you look at the progression of it, I won't count the first year because I mean, these numbers are so skewed, but in the second year of his career <clears throat> with the first of over a hundred threes taken, you got 33.8, 36.6, 34.6, 31.4, uh, in his couple games in Boston, once we acquired him in 2021, 2020, 2022, you got 30.6 last year. He's at 38.1, and now finally this year, the first year in his career that he's shooting over 40% from behind the line. Um, I must have just turned some around in the offseason. Must have really focused on it, knowing, you know, as a, as a starter, you know, as a guy that needs to replace Marcus Smart here, you got to be a little more trusted offensively, something that as much as we loved Marcus, we always had those fucking questions about, you know, if the ball's getting swinged to Marcus, and we need a shot. How good are we feeling? With Derek White this year in that scenario, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good with any of these yeah. five guys taking a shot, honestly. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Okay, so I think that kind of uh, answers our next question, but transitions us into most improved player is obviously Derek White. And I, and I just want to bring this up, and I made this an award because I think – there's an actual shot. He he wins this for the NBA. Um, let me let me see who else is in the running here. Award 
race uh, because not a hundred percent sure. They've got some big guys that definitely. All right, Tyrese Maxey, yeah. Uh, yeah. We got Scotty Barnes, Kobe White, Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton's a big one. Um, he's been having an incredible year. Jalen Johnson, Jalen Williams, and you got Derek White. We got Derek White at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth best odds for it at plus ten thousand right now, right alongside Emmanuel Quickly. Um, you know, I, I think maybe he's getting he's getting thrown down there just because you know you've got a a starting five of you know almost all all stars, um, whereas you know Tyrese Maxey is you know the two right there with Embiid in Philly. It'd be cool if Derek White could win it for the league. I think, you know, it's well-deserved. But um, uh, do you have anybody else that potentially even comes to mind here when you think it most improved for the Celtics? I mean, when you look at their lineup, I mean, can you say Jalen Brown has improved over last year? I mean, pretty steady. Um had that triple-double last game. But I, I think you're right. Improved-wise, over taking over a starting role, great defender, and then his three-point ability to, to shoot now has, has increased. Best of his career so far. He's got to be um, the most improved. Got to be. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you could try to throw Jalen in there, but with Jalen, you know, being how Jalen is for the last two or three years, I think he's past that point. You know, we know him yeah. as as one of these guys, not like an alpha, like, you know, Tatum, but we know he's up there. Um, we know he's important to this team. And, you know, granted, you could say he's most improved for maybe some of the dribbling with his left hand alone this year. I know that that fucking killed us in that Miami series at the end of the last year. But I think when you got a guy at this this point in his career, as great as he is, don't, not to take anything away from Jalen Brown, I don't think you can call him most improved just because I think we know what we're seeing at Jalen. I think, you know, he might, yeah, consistently get better year after year. But I think I think we found, you know, his, his usual zone. Um, but yeah, I like it. Uh, okay, so... Moving on here, and and this is this one might be a little more open, uh, so I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, I've got my pick, but sixth man of the year. Um, you know, we do go about eight deep. Uh, you know, nine or ten once we're we're touching some blowout minutes. But you know, you got the you got the starting five, and then I think you go as deep as Sam Hauser, Peyton Pritchard, Al Horford, and then uh, you know. Luke Cornett and Queda every now and now and again. Uh, but out of those guys that are coming off the bench and playing those roles, who do you have as the sixth man of the year so far for him? I'm thinking Al Horford. I think it fits him. Um, throughout his career, he's gone from starter to that role player coming off the bench, sixth man. Um, I think what he does defensively, how he can... Um, take, I mean, at 6'9", he can take some of those bigs, um, just pound them, you know, they're, they're not gonna, 
just get into the paint with him. Um, I think he's very talkative as well on the defensive end. Um, and, you know, surprising again, he can hit the three-point. He can spread it out and get beyond the arc and pull that big man out. He can play center or power forward. Um, yeah, I'm going to go him or six-man. Again, defensively, the, the team, this team, too, is, is a great defensive team. And with him in the back, just pointing things out, um, he's our six man. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. Um, <clears throat> I had a feeling you were going to go there, uh, and so that's why I got a different pick just to keep it a little, just a little different. Um, I'll say, if we were to have done this a month, a month and a half ago, I'd say it's definitely mm-hmm. Al, but I think. Considering the last month and a half um, and, and kind of the run he's been on and what he means to that second unit, um, I'm going to go with him, Pritchard. Now, hear me out. I think the one thing that I do worry about with him is, you know, the size and uh, defensively he can be a little bit of a liability on that end. And, you know, the smart teams, the smart coaches are game planning around picking him apart defensively. You know, you got your you got your two or three that is six seven, six eight that you know is gonna drive, but they're throwing Peyton Pritchard on him or something like that. You're you're looking for those mismatches. You're looking to be able to take advantage of his size. Uh but offensively, I mean it's it's the boost that we need off the bench. Um especially when, you know, you get some of those real top guys off the floor to to give him a bit of a breather. Um and this stat just jumps off the page for me. Uh, now, granted, obviously, he's not holding the ball as much or anything like that, but he's still averaging, you know, three a game. And over the last uh, month, it's been 2.7, 3.3 in January there. Um, 5.1 assist-to-turnover ratio, which is very important. I think even if you're not moving the ball so much... Um, just being able to move it without turning it over and giving extra possessions to the other teams is a big thing off the bench. Um, I like Peyton Pritchard. I'm, I don't mind Al Horford instead. I think they're like neck and neck. Um, but just the recent performance out of Peyton gives me the edge. But by the end of the year, once we come back and touch on these again, uh, you know, getting deeper into the playoffs – um, and stuff like that. I think that's where Al's really going to shine. You know, his veteran presence. Um, he's been there before, and and he'll continue to do what he does in the playoffs for. So, I probably like Al to end off the year with that award. But right now, I'm going PP. All right. Um. All right. You know, one thing, one thing I absolutely love out of that kid is, and just looking at everyone's stats here. 3.2 rebounds per game. It's amazing to see. I mean, he'll get a couple rebounds a game that you're like, what? It's, and it's he just like hustle boards. Yeah. Just reads how the ball's going to come off, and he'll go up and he'll get it. And, yeah, we described being at 6-1, um, going up against or getting beat defensively against somebody bigger than him. but. Yeah, he just, I love watching him just go up and get them when you're like, wow. Yeah. I can't believe 
he just got up and got that. Yeah, going up and playing with the big boys. <laughs> um, all right, so we're getting down to our last two here. Um, we got to speed this up a little bit, but we got uh, defensive player of the year. Uh, who you got so far? Eric White. Yeah. Uh, well, that was easy. I mean, don't get me wrong. Great defensive team. Um, outside of maybe, yeah. I think, Tatum and Brown. Um, I mean, they are good defenders, but if you're thinking of best defensive player of the year for us, I think it's in between, you know, Derek White, Drew Holiday, Porzingis. Um, maybe not Porzingis so much. I, I'm more so just saying that because, you know, his interior presence, being able to block stuff. Um, but I like I like Drew, and and I like Derek. Uh, I think the edge just goes to Derek because of, you know, the way that he's forcing turnovers for us. And he can, again, switch off and guard that shooting guard, guard that point guard or small forward. Yeah. I don't think he's as... Sure, talented like Marcus could guard all five and had. I don't think Derek can, but still, when he can guard three, maybe four positions. But I think if we, if we need anybody to guard one through five, I feel like almost I feel okay with Drew doing that. He's he's physical. Um, he, he doesn't mind getting in with the big guys. Sure. He's no Marcus smart, but nobody will be. Um, so, and then to, to make sure we show some love to drew too, I've got this newcomer of the year award. This could be Porzingis or drew, but I've got my vote in for drew and just the role that he plays at our one his defensive presence. Um, but if you were to say Porzingis here, I wouldn't mind it either. Yeah, I'm going to go Porzingis. Um, I think his offense, sure, it is great to see probably something that, again, not to make fun of Marcus, and we absolutely felt bad during that trade, but we really needed someone to run the offense, and Holiday can do that as our point guard, but, man, Porzingis can carry us offensively if Tatum's having an off night. Or Brown is, you know, we've seen that. So, yeah, and we always needed that like interior presence that I don't feel like we ever got. Um, and and he really, I guess Porzingis really was just the last the last piece, you know, because everything's falling in the right way and everybody's looking good. Um, and he's been but, healthy this year. Yeah, relatively healthy for you know he's he's had some games off and everything like that. Um, but you know, with a lanky guy like that, like that's fine. Give him off some games. You don't want to. He's not going to play all eighty-two. If he does, we're going to wear him down for the playoffs. So, I mean, he's been there when we need him to be. And uh, I mean, the team's firing on all cylinders. Excellent half of the year so far. I uh, hope they keep the pace going. Uh, you got any any last thoughts on the Celtics here before we move on to our last topic? No, I mean, team stats overall. It's amazing where they are leading. Uh, what rebounds per game, blocks per game, three-pointers made per game. Um, absolutely, um, most points in a game came in second to Indiana. Um, fantastic. Again, yeah, echoing what you said, great first half of the year. And I don't see them having too much difficulty um, throughout this defensive rating, second 
Yep. Net rating plus. I mean, it's yeah, they're, I think fantastic. I think they're top five in both offensive and defensive efficiency. I think they're the only team that is so far. Yeah. Um, so good good work by the Celtics. Um we'll 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 keep it pushing. And I mean we'll keep covering them throughout the rest of you know the season here. Um let's move on from that. We're done with that mid season awards segment uh for the Bruins and the Celtics. Our last thing here, we got we got a little bit of a fun topic. Uh and we're gonna try to, you know, think of more of these and incorporate some of these to our podcast every week. So we're not just giving giving takes, but uh, you know, doing doing some fun stuff, doing some rankings, doing some, you know, trivia, whatever it may be. Um, so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the explanation for what we're doing here. Uh, we're doing our top ten Boston athletes, but of our time. So keep in mind, um, I was born in '99 here, so I've seen you know almost 25 years of Boston sports uh, and some great players and athletes along that time. Um, but we've obviously have some greats that are way before my time. Uh, seeing how I didn't see them play, uh, those can't be included on my list. However. Old man over here has seen him, and old man will include him on the list. But I do want to see if any of the guys that I've got more recently uh, that are on my list have, have made their way into yours. Um, so do you – I think we talked about this. You want to do this? You want to go from 10 to 1, and you give your yeah. 10, I give my 10, and then we, we keep going up this list? Um, uh, well, yeah. You want to start with the honorable mentions first and then get into no, it? No, no, no. I think okay. we'll hit honorable mentions afterward. Okay. Um, are we going? So I go. Yeah, all go my ahead. 10, 10, give me, 10. give me, uh, give me ten nine eight, and then I'll give you ten nine eight. We'll talk about those. All right. I'm going number ten. Um, and and I, when you see my, when we go through my um my ranking, um one. One sport we haven't covered yet um, will be the Red Sox, and I think you'll see from me many Red Sox. I got here, I got to New England in 78. So I'm not going to say, obviously, before that, any of the players that were playing that, yes, I was alive for, but were you watching? I wasn't in New England for. I wasn't watching okay. them, so... Um, I'm going to go number 10, Nomar Garcia-Para. Good one. Good one. Uh, I think came into a time with shortstops just at a different size, different athletic ability. Um, him, Jeter, and uh, A-Rod. And he was, um, yeah, fantastic defensively, offensively, um, number 10 in my, in my book. Number nine, I'm going to go Rob Gronkowski. Um, obviously, very big, important cog for Tom Brady. Um, just... What yesterday lost the all-time playoff touchdown? Did he? I didn't. I didn't catch that. 
Yeah. Uh, Mahomes and Kelsey now have passed them with their 16. Oh, whatever. Brady and Gronk had 15. So um, I'm putting him at number nine. And number eight, this might be a surprise for you, but I'm going to say Paul Pierce. Okay. Why, why would you say a surprise? I think probably surprise with all the the amount of athletes that we've had. Um, I mean, he was the captain. Did great for the Celtics for many years. Hall of Famer. Um, I just think I just thought you might be a little bit surprised that I even put him in the the top ten. Um, well, after I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but after you see my rankings, you won't. You won't be too surprised. Too surprised. Okay. All right. So that's uh that's ten nine eight for you, right? That's ten nine eight. All right. All right. So I'll get I'll get started here. Keep in mind, I don't want to get fucking flamed for this. Okay. I can only pick guys in the last twenty five years. All right. So let's keep that in mind here, listeners. I'm not saying some of these guys are like the best fucking Boston sports athletes we've ever seen. I'm saying in the last twenty four, twenty five years that I've seen, these are my top ten. And this, dude, I, when we, before we started this podcast this morning, I wrote out this 10 and I have switched nine and 10 back about four separate times. And I don't know. So I'm just going to go with my gut here. Oh man, this is going to sound so stupid. I got AL MVP, uh, world series champion with us. But sadly, now Los Angeles Dodger. I got Mookie Betts at ten, as as my tenth best Boston sports athlete of the last twenty five years. And yes, I know he didn't stick with us very long. Um, but I mean, he was amazing when he did play here. Uh, it, homegrown talent there too, so you gotta you gotta love that a little bit. The MVP. Uh, I mean, he was just a freaking monster defensively, offensively. And, you know, I'm never going to forget the ring that he brought to us and that uh, that team with him and Sale and everything. So I had him at 10. Yeah, yeah, and he came up the system as a second baseman. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a so, cool story. Yeah. yeah, and if we're talking, like, best athletes, I, I, I like him up there. I got to put him in the top 10. Um, I was – I couldn't put him in an honorable mention. It just – it felt wrong. So then – Nine, this is who I, I switched bets for right at the end here. And you might count this as stupid because, yes, he hasn't won us anything yet. But as, ter- as when it comes to just efficiency, the athlete, the, uh, the guy that he is, you know, the expectations, um, I think he's going to go down as one of the greats ever for the Celtics. I'm taking Jason Tatum here at nine already. I'm putting Jason at nine. And I might be a little biased there. I mean, obviously you can't see it because we're all audio. I got the Duke basketball freaking jersey right behind me. I'm a huge Duke fan. I've loved Tatum since he was coming out of college. And once we drafted him there um, and brought him into Boston, I mean, I absolutely love the freaking pick. I'm happy about it. Um, so I got him there at nine. I feel like he has to be he has to be stated here too. In the last 25 years, you know, we've got, what is it, seven Six or seven years out of him already, um, but he's shaping up to be one of the greatest Celtics players to have played. So, um, oh, yeah, his number will be retired. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then number eight is where we get into a little bit of the the older guys. Um, I've got the actual second baseman there, also AL MVP, also led us to a ring there too, Dustin Pedroia. I love Petey. I, I, I don't feel like he gets enough love. Um, he was absolutely insane. I mean, he was on the fucking cover of, what was it? I think it was like MLB The Show 09, right when he won that AL award. And he was insane there in the game. Defensively, he was a great. Um, he, was, he was a great vocal leader, too, in that clubhouse, especially getting on into his older years. Um, but even before he retired, he's out there, and he was, he's being a great uh, voice and, and helping out the newer guys. So, no, I, I love Petey. I think um, he, he's got to be in there, too, and he's definitely ahead of Tatum and Betts there. So I got him eight. Yeah, he goes down spring training. The guys ask him um, some insight. Um, so, yeah, I'll, um, I'll give that to you. Again, I love this segment. I absolutely love this segment because we're sitting here. This is how we thought about starting this. I mean, I didn't have, I haven't had any one of those three even on my list. Yeah, but but like you mentioned, it's the it's the generational difference. Um, for anybody listening, that's kind of why we had started discussing starting a podcast a couple months back. Um, we just couldn't find, I guess, necessarily the opening and like what we wanted to do with it. Um, as we mentioned in episode one, you know, with the news of Belichick in a new era, like this was this was great. This was our opening, and this is why we started. Um, but we love the generational difference and and our difference on fans, like our takes as fans, uh, with being, you know, a father and his son. Um, so we wanted to be able to kind of compare and contrast there and. Um, and and see the difference that you know an old guy has on the view of Boston sports, and a new guy who has grown up just through twenty four years of success has seen through Boston sports. So, um, all right, you, all right. You want to go seven? You want to go seven six five? What do you mean, like you me first me? here, or you you go? Yeah. You go back to yours. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. Number seven, Jim Rice. Okay. Jim Rice. So he came, I think, to the Red Sox, 77-78. Great. I mean, one of the really cool things about Red Sox lore and history, playing that left field. 74. Was 74? Yeah. Wow. Oh, again, I got here in 78, so I do remember him playing. But one of the great lures about just – at the time when I started, how many left fielders they actually had, kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Mm-hmm. Only a couple coaches in their in their history. And when I started watching baseball here, it was how many left fielders, and then once Rice left, you know, who was going to be able to take over that left field role? And because um, it's such a beast, so I think offensively and what he did defensively jim rice is there my number six patrice bergeron mm-hmm. um great captain great defensive center men um offense defense yeah 
great, great uh, player. And really cool when he came here when he was 18 years old. Did not speak a lick of English. Had to learn. <laughs> lick of English. He came from Quebec, so could not speak English. That was, that was I remember that. Um, how the kid, yeah, didn't know English at all. So always spoke French. Number five, David Ortiz. Okay. Now we're getting into the big shots here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, how David did nothing in Minnesota and mm-hmm. just finding a perfect role, um, great leader, um, ended up with having so many clutch home runs, winning opportunity at bats. David Ortiz, number five for me. Okay. I like that. Um, it'll be interesting to see, cause I want to see how you're going to round out this like top five here now. Um, yeah. all right. So what do we say? Seven, seven, six, five. Yes. I've got at seven, the big Z, Zidane Chara. I think he's often forgot about here almost. Um, I love Chara for what he did with, with our ring run there. And, um, you know, he was just a, a monster of a defensive presence. And, uh, you know, while he didn't finish off his career with us, um, it was still, he was, he was a great player. He's, he was just a great, consistent guy back there on the defensive line. Uh, he's probably the first, uh, the most well-known Bruin I think of when I think of, you know, what uh, attached me to the Bruins early on. And it was Chara and, and then, you know, Bergey and stuff like that too. But I love Chara there at seven. Um, number six and number five kind of go together here. Part of that NBA championship team, part of the greatest trade that led us in to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to after on. Um, we've got KG. Jim Garnett at number six, and then I've got Paul Pierce at number five. Uh, so that's why I said I don't think it's a bit uh, – I don't think it was, like, confusing or anything when you put him in there at eight. Um, I, I give the slight edge to Paul just because uh, – obviously, I think when it comes down to it, like, you know, if we're talking at your position, KG was probably more dominant at the four, uh, at the four and, like, the five when he didn't need to play it than Paul was. Um, but Paul Pierce – when, when I mentioned Chara being the first name I think of, like with the Bruins growing up, Paul Pierce is the first name I think of for the Celtics growing up. And he's my Celtics legend up until, I mean, Tatum's close to taking over that position for me. Um, but, but Paul Pierce is still my like first Celtics legend I can think of. So I've got him at five. Um, okay. For, for these next four, I don't think we do them all in line. I think we go four, four, three, three, two, two, one, one. All right. Okay. Um, start off. Start off with your four here. My fourth, and I went, which was I think pretty cool. My top four will go covering all the big four sports. Number four is going to be Carl Yastrzemski. Now, sure. A lot of his career was consistent before I got to New England, but he still had two 
two great years or, or decent years. Um, another one in 82 before he left. But I think what he meant to the Red Sox at that time, leader, um, a lot of heartbreak and all, uh, especially in 78, 79. But I think he just manned that left field wall. Great. I mean, but, you know, at a time, five-tool player, when that wasn't even a a mention, a, mm-hmm. a cliche, um, Carl Yastrzemski, number four for me. Spent his entire 23-year career in Boston where he was an 18-time All-Star and seven-time Gold Glove Award winner. That's incredible. Yeah, good old Yaz. I've obviously, I've heard of Yaz. I know Yaz. Oh, you know, yes, but uh, no, that's a good answer. All right, uh, number four, <clears throat> um, and this may be, uh, after you said it, now I'm looking back, I was like, this may be a little high, but this is my, this is my personal list, um, and, and uh, you know, we're talking about dominant athletes and stuff like that. I've got Gronk at four. I've got the greatest tight end in NFL history at four for me. Um, I think he was just such a phenomenal force. Um, he's a fun player, just dominant, you know, he helped to make Brady as great as he was too in the later years of his career. Um, I'm happy to have seen his career. I know many injuries and I think don't, don't fucking do that because if he wasn't as injured, he could be higher up on this damn list. I think this is fair. (laughs) Okay. If he wasn't hurt so Okay. Yeah, Yeah. You know, but from what I've seen, um, you know, he helped bring, Patriots, a couple of rings there too. Um, he was just dominant and it was just fun. And, uh, you know, we're not going to see another tight end. Yeah, we're not going to see another tight end like that. So I got Gronk four. Give me your number three. We're getting into the top three, the big ones. Raymond Bork. Okay. Oh. okay. <laughs> um, again, I remember the kid coming. To the Bruins. I'm going to shot. I, I tried it once with Jim Rice. Failed. I'm going to say he came in at 77, 78. Oh, man. Let's see. Uh, we've got 79. 79. Pretty close. 79. Not bad. Yep. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, he never won Stanley Cup with us. Had to go to Colorado, but. I still think he set <clears throat> the precedence precedence of what a Bruin defenseman should be, oh. um, and all of them look to become. He played for twenty one fucking years. That's yeah. I didn't even I didn't know that seventy nine to two thousand one. That's crazy. Uh yeah, I know I know good old Ray. Um, I've heard of Ray. Great player. Um, I I forget how old you are sometimes. I thought Ray was maybe past your time, but I was just I was off there. But that's I I love seeing. Uh, I mean, I've seen his jersey and stuff like that too. With uh, oh, we one of, to... yeah, one of the coolest moments. So he started as number seven, yeah, and then Esposito when he retired, and uh, absolutely one of the eight, coolest eight. moments. When he ended up taking off his jersey and changed it to 77, that was yeah. an absolute cool 
cool moment to watch. In the black cool, and white. You got to see that, man. Yeah. Yeah, in the black and white. All right. So we got good old Ray and number three for you. Good answer. Good, good list so far. I like it. I like him there. That's good. Number three, we'll keep it on hockey. This is where I got Bergeron. Um, to <clears> me, <throat> seeing the captain here, uh, definitely, you know, it felt almost weird to put him so high up above Chara, but um, just uh, I think a big part of that, too, was being able to see him last year and see his last year go off before he retires and, you know, be on such a historical team. Now, granted, it didn't end the way we wanted it to, but being a part of that regular season team and, uh, and being the captain there, it's, I'm, that's going to be a season uh, that I'm not going to forget about. Uh, not a lot of people are going to be able to. It's a historical season. Now, granted, we want to forget about the Panthers and all, but um, appreciate Burgey. Uh, and happy he went out, you know, at least with, with some sort of pride there. Um, cause he is a great player. He was a great captain. Um, and so uh, that's why I've got him in my top three. All right. Here's like the I moment like, of truth. Like, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I like the fact that you have him over Zidano. <clears throat> I think a lot too. He stayed, I mean, his entire career was with Boston while Zidano yeah. had, you know, played for other clubs. So I have no yeah. problem with you putting him at number three. Um, so this is, this is what I'm saying as I clock in here. Uh, this is the moment of truth because I think, I, I think we both know who has got to be one. And if you don't have him one, I really need to see who you've got two and one here. So number two, let me hear it. You know, maybe just <clears throat> for the audience's sake, I should make a quick switch, but now I'll keep it. My number two, Larry Bird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that. yeah, you knew that was there. Yeah. I should have done for, you know, just to get your goat, and I should have switched them, but. No. Um, no, don't be weird there. <laughs> but yeah, Larry Bird. Um what he meant not just to the Celtics but basketball at that time. Um it was the league was definitely hurting. Um I know that you probably can't imagine that, but um Magic Johnson Larry Bird rescued basketball back in the early eighties. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I, I expected him there, I think. <clears throat> Um, number two, you know, you mentioned him down there, uh, at number five, but, uh, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the goat being in my lifetime, uh, he may have slotted in at my number one. It's big poppy, David Ortiz. I love big poppy. Um, yes, you from, have. Oh my God. From the moments of, you know, you waking me up for the, the Oh four yep. championship to, the one when I was really paying attention in seven and, uh, and then in 13, you know, 13, I, I think at that point, early 2010s, I'd probably say the Red Sox were my favorite team. Uh, and now, you know, as I've grown older, it's probably the Patriots just because I love football more and everything like that too. Uh, but, you know, uh, growing up 
with them being my favorite team, uh, he was he was everything. Big Poppy was everything to us back then. Uh, did I still vividly remember uh, his his jersey retirement? They did a couple years back. I watched that live stream middle of like a fucking college class. I was tearing up and everything. That's like one of my Boston <laughs> heroes. You know, yeah. Um, you know him and him and Brady. Uh, stuff like that. So I, yeah, that was that was an emotional moment. And w- when I saw that, I realized, like, yeah, he really is a, a Boston legend to me, and he always will be. Um, so I got Big Poppy at two there, and then number one, you want to say it at the same time because we know we know who it is. Yeah, three, two, one, Tom Brady. Yeah, all right. Tom you Brady. didn't even you got the fucking countdown coming, but I didn't get yeah, we know it's Brady. Uh, yeah. I mean, anywhere else but number one would have been pretty disrespectful to the GOAT there. Um, but that's a good list. That's a good list. You know, we've got some, you know, you sprinkled in your old heads there. Uh, so that was good. Yeah. <laughs> that was- yeah. I mean, bringing up, I mean, would you just mention waking you up just at that last. Um, ninth, right? It was just the yeah, last three outs. Last three outs waking you up to have you watch that. That was uh, that was a great history. moment. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. All right, well, that was fun. Was, um, was, I'm uh, happy. You remember the huh? pitcher? You remember the pitcher? Oh, for Red Sox. Is that who was pitching that night? Yeah, who was the closer? I'm. I'm th- uh, oh, uh, 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 was it the same guy from 07, Papelbon? No, Keith Folk. Fucking Folk? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. I mean, how old was I then? Fucking five? A little over five? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I definitely remember more of the 07 team, I think. But, yeah, no, that's crazy. I still got somewhere. I've got that Sports Illustrated thing. Rest in peace to them, by the way. Did you see that news? Sports Illustrated's dead. They fucking really? they fired like everybody at the end of last week. Yeah, it's done. Oh. <laughs> that's a time for that's a conversation for another time. Maybe that's why I haven't received it in the mail lately. Yeah, the fucking magazine's been done. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've. I mean, yeah, I haven't received it in the last couple of weeks. So <laughs> you've just been paying for a subscription. And you're just like, where the fuck is this magazine? It's gone, man. Yeah, Lights are turned off. They got nobody there. Wow. Um, all right. Well, that was fun. Uh, we'll be doing some more kind of segments like this. Uh, maybe like, you know, the, the generational difference stuff. Um, I don't know. We'll have, to, we'll have to come up with something. Some trivia. Something like that, too, between maybe some of these guys. Uh, but this was a fun segment. And a good thing to fill the time there. Um, I know you've got a hard out coming up. I do, too. So uh, we, we can wrap this one up. But... Before we say our goodbyes, you got anything else to say to wrap up episode three here? No, um, episode three again. This was great doing this little segment, showing the generational um, aspect of of our podcast, and um, and yeah, knowing some of the the older. I know some of my friends have listened to it and already made comments about. You being the young guy and me being the old guys. So we appreciate <laughs> well, will, everyone listening. This will definitely show it for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, like you said, this was fun. Um, <clears throat> we'll see how much we can build on this going forward. And uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll keep these in mind. Got them written down. So we'll see what we can do with this stuff. Um, but with that all being said, I think we're good to go here. Appreciate everybody uh, listening in. Uh, if you've listened to any of the three episodes so far, if you've rated our show on any of the major platforms, we appreciate it. It all supports. Um, <laughs> and uh, we will be able to catch you guys next Monday then for episode four. Episode four will be coming out, what's that, 29th. We will have uh, championship weekend to wrap up and, and discuss then along with some other Boston topics or maybe some, some fun Boston games like this. Um, if we dare to bring up the Red Sox yet, we will. Uh, but we'll figure that out eventually. Um, hope you guys have a great start to your week. Go kick ass this week. We'll catch you again on the 29th. Have a good one.